Welcome to Life on Less Meds, a podcast that reveals the truth about drug side effects and the best strategies to manage them. And now your host, Dr. Yosef Wittering. I'm Dr. Yosef Wittering, and today I have Brian here. And I think it's really um, important to hear from all different types of people that are having these post-acute withdrawal, you know, drug neurological injuries, um, because it, it hits it hits all different people, you know, different stages of life, all that kind of stuff. So um, we're gonna we're gonna talk to Brian. We're gonna learn about his story. And the interesting thing about Brian is he's actually the first person that I've talked to that's developed a, a neurological injury post-acute withdrawal from. Um, uh, from a Z drug, from a you know a non-benzodiazepine hypnotic. These are things like Ambien, Sonata, Lunesta, and so I think that is kind of unique uh, from my perspective about his story. And so, and so yeah, I hope this is helpful. Um, Ryan, why don't you go and introduce yourself and and I guess tell tell us your story. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I appreciate the the work that you do and this. Um, the voice that you give to people with when you know you're a psychiatrist so it's great that like <laughs> you have like a certain level of um you have the badge you know like that people yeah. are going to listen yeah so it's nice to have that um because oftentimes we're just this weird little group of lepers on the internet like trying to figure out what's going on with us um <laughs> very nice um but anyways yeah so i um so I did, I think maybe the reason that I got uh, protracted from the Z-Jerk is because I had previous like benzo cold turkeys. So I think maybe that had something to do with it because in 2019, I cold turkeyed off of um, Sanex. Um, I was like one milligram a day or something and I had a terrible withdrawal, but I was back to normal in like a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a really bad withdrawal. Um, and I like, I thought I had learned my lesson, you know, um, well, I mean, technically I did, right? Because when I was prescribed a Z drug later, um, which was April of 2021, from all the research I did, it wasn't a benzo. And like, mm-hmm. I, and I was looking for stories of withdrawal. Um, but you can see a lot, of, you can find a lot of like, you know, nasty benzo withdrawal stories online. Even if they're not protracted, it's like, it's pretty common. It's not. Mm-hmm you know, as hidden as there's not as many protracted stories online. Um, but so I started taking them thinking that like, uh, it wasn't a benzo. They're called a non benzodiazepine, but I just remember taking it and being like, this feels exactly the same. Yeah. Like, and I should have realized that, you know I mean? It's, like I, so I think, did, did you go into it like afraid of benzos? You're like, you know, Xanax really kind of kicked my ass last time. I don't want any part of that. I yeah. want something that's not like that. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I like, I had my, my, um, my warning. I don't even, I can't think of the right, like, uh, the right term, but I had like my warning lights on or I can't think of the correct analogy, but, sure. um, yeah. I, so I was taking them and, um, I remember like it, it was somewhat helpful. The only reason, the reason I got prescribed them too is cause like it was during COVID and I was working remote. Um, and I had like a weird schedule. I was doing like COVID contact tracing stuff uh, during the pandemic. And, um, I was working from like 11 to like eight or something like that. So it's kind of like move, like 
when I, and when I got off, it was like dark. Like I think a lot of like it was just a normal weird reaction to like working from home. And um, I mean, the amount of people that I, I'm actually seeing in my practice right now who are like, I never touched you know this stuff. COVID happened. Either they lost their job or they became busier than ever, and they ended up on a benzo or a Z drug. I mean, it was it was such a stressful time. You know that that it's a story I keep on hearing, um, and and it, it doesn't surprise me at all that you know that you also kind of got snared up in this during like uh, I guess the upheaval that COVID was back in 2020. You know, yeah, like remote yeah. works really because like um, I don't know. Do you work? You work remote, right? Do you work? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. I- if you experience this but like it's almost like when you get off of remote work it's like you're still at home and it's like you just go like turn on another screen (laughs) doesn't know if it's like at work or not you know what i mean like you know when you when you go into work like when you get off your brain like switches like modes like say if you take the bus or you get in the car it's like you put on Mm -hmm. the music and like you chill out and it's like when you're doing remote you're like on a computer for like nine hours and then you're done and you're just like in the kitchen it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. You there's less of like the, um, like work not work. It all kind of like melds together. That's how it felt for me. Maybe I yeah. mean I'm sure there's. I actually enjoyed it a lot, and there were probably better ways of coping with like mm-hmm. schedule. Um, you know, especially getting off that late. But that mixed with um, I was also vaping a lot too, which I realized like that it's super stimulating, so it would keep me up. You know, I'd be watching TV till like two, sometimes three, just nonstop vaping. And that was never, that was never addressed. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. something that can get out of control quickly when you're working from home. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so these things like all at once. Um, and uh, I, I was having some, some like rough nights of sleeping. It wasn't even really that bad. I mean, like looking back, like I would take that any day over this, you know? <laughs> Like, sure. um it was just it wasn't even that i wasn't even like not sleeping enough it's just that i was sleeping at really weird hours um like 3 a.m because you're on that vape pen at you know 2 yeah. a.m in the morning you know yeah yeah, yeah. right stuff like that so yeah yeah them and then um so, so do you see a family doctor or do you just see like a nurse practitioner or like a psychiatrist who who wrote the script? It was so I had been th- like, I don't think I'd use this doctor. I was on some insurance and they like pres- they assigned me to a family doctor um, okay. that I had never used before. Um, so I just went and just just immediately he was like, uh, "Here's a script for Ambient, and if you want more than a month, just let me know. And if you need something in the daytime, let me know for anxiety." And I said nothing, anxiety yeah. zero. And he wow. was like, okay. <laughs> he was like pushing benzos and to like continue this drug, which I had, we weren't even at that point yet. And, and this is the first visit, right? First visit, first time I've ever met this person. And how long was the, the appointment? Like five minutes. Okay. Uh, did you get any counseling on, you know, hey, probably shouldn't be on this long term you know use it use it for like a week or two that's about it you know this this could get you in trouble long term they, they cause dependence any anything like that no he just said if i wanted he said i think he said like um you're only supposed to take this for three weeks but if you want to continue just let me know something like that like it wasn't okay. like he didn't tell me like what could happen 
if sure. it continues. And it's Damn almost our, like, yeah. yeah, it's almost like he knew that um, I was going to start getting interdosed withdrawals because he was already pushing a daytime anxiety medication. And I said nothing about anxiety. Um, it was like, if you need something in the day for the daytime too, like for the, for he said something, he was like, if you need something like, you know, for the daytime like that, with his hand, I don't know what that meant. Are you anxious yeah. for the daytime? Let me know. Um, Jesus. Okay. So, so how long, <laughs> how long were you on it for? I took less than 30 pills in like 40 days. Um, oh, okay. I probably took like 28 pills in like a month and a half. Um, <laughs> so I was taking it and um, I just remember like being like, I, cause I con- honestly kind of liked the feeling of benzos, you know, they kind of made me like, sure. Yeah. They, they made me relax and they did help me sleep. Um, so I was kind of like, Ooh, is this like, like a, a way I can take them and like not have the risks, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but the, like eventually caught up to me and what, what started happening is that like, um, let me think what started happening. So I started having like, I think I tried to stop them. I would take gaps. Like I would take like, try to take like a day or two off. Mm-hmm. And then some of those days I would, this was after like three weeks of just taking it for like three weeks. And I would stay up till like the sun came up, just like rolling around in bed. And then I would sleep till like set like 5am to like 7am. Um, and then I think like the next day, maybe I slept normal. And then it was like every other day I didn't, I slept like two hours and it was just like torture. Like just hearing the birds chirp and the sun mm-hmm. come up and like, yeah, I've felt that before in my life. Like I've always been able to go to sleep, you know? And it's like, it's just torture. It's like agonizing. So, I, um, so I think, and then what happened? I think I, I tried to, so I was kind of like experimenting, trying to not take them and then taking them stuff like that. And then I finally decided to stop completely. Um, in like May of 2021 and my birthday was coming up and I had a bunch of friends coming like two in the two weeks later. And I tried to, so I put them cold Turkey and my sleep was like still messed up. It was just like, it was getting maybe a little bit better after two weeks, but I, I was doing all this research and it was like, Oh, like after two weeks, it's not a withdrawal. Right. So mm-hmm. in my mind, so I, I just said, okay, I'll just get back on the ambient and then figure out later, like what, like maybe the sleeping problem is from something else. Right. And did it get uh, better once you got back on the ambient? No. <laughs> okay. So, uh, that's when stuff got really bad. So after I took the two weeks off, um, yeah, yeah, let's stop there for a second. So when you, when you took the two weeks off, did you, did you taper or did you just kind of, you just stopped? You're like, I'm not taking this anymore. I just stopped. I think at that point I had found like the groups in the Ashton manual and the Ashton manual says you can cold Turkey it. Um, or maybe I found it later. I can't remember when, when exactly. Cause there was a time when I was like really trying to just scour the internet. Cause there's not much about, they don't ever like compare z drugs to benzos except for like in the ashton manual sure. and and i imagine you're on like 10 of ambient probably that, that that'd yeah. be like the adult male does okay so you went from 10 10 to zero what ha- what happened in the first like 
two to three days after that. Are you talking about the, the first time I, the, yeah. the time I checked for my birthday? It wasn't super bad yet. It was, I had sleeping problems and like some anxiety, um, mm-hmm. but it was mostly like really weird sleeping problems or, or maybe I just, maybe I was having anxiety, but I just attribute it to like, like the yeah. fact that I was is like freaking me out in the daytime. I basically I thought at that point my whole problem is I had like just this insane insomnia problem, like okay that I, ne- I never had before. Because even even before the ambient, I would still sleep seven hours. It was just weird times. It was like three to ten, and sure. then like when I started taking the ambient, that's when I started like having like two hour nights and like weird stuff like that. You know, so it just it just right. made it way worse within like three weeks. All right. So you stop the ambient, you have like really bad insomnia, maybe and your anxiety is pretty revved up as well. You you're you're hoping the insomnia is going to get better, but it's been like, you know, two weeks and so you're going, well, this is not withdrawal. I I should probably get back on the ambient, right? That was that kind of how it happened? So it's been two weeks and I've like scoured the internet for like Yeah. Like insomnia like insomnia support groups or just like I'm like, what is wrong with me? I thought I was going to be like Michael Jackson and like end up staying up for like 60 days or Oof, whatever. I'll yeah. figure out what was wrong because every, everything you find about insomnia on the internet is like, just like super harmless. Like, Oh, just meditate or like just do this or like exercise. <laughs> like none of that stuff was going to put a dent and like the insomnia that I had at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so my friends were coming back and I decided my friends were coming for my birthday, which was in ju- beginning of June and I wasn't sleeping correctly. So I was just like, I was like talking to my mom and talking to everyone. I was like, what should I do? And, and they were just like, Oh, we'll just get back on it. Like, it's not, it's not that serious, you know? So my friends came and I took them. Um, my friends were coming. And I think I took two one night. Cause I like really wanted to sleep. Cause I took one the night before it didn't really help. And then I took two, like the night before my birthday. Um, and the next day, just full blown, like, like electrical, like complete chemical panic attack. Just like, like when I say words like panic attack, like people think of like a normal panic attack, but this was like just, just otherworldly. Like everyone knew something was wrong with me. It was like, I was like just jittering and just like, like just, I couldn't like, like, like the, like literally just like, oh my God. Like, oh my God, like stuff like that. Like just for yeah. no reason. Um, and we're, th- we're going out to eat that night. Um, and then I was like, okay, this is for sure ambient withdrawal. And like, I was thinking about just sending everyone home and like figuring it out on my own. Um, mm-hmm. I ended up just taking an ambient like in the middle of the day to try to see if it would make it go away. And it did. Um, and then we went out that night and like drank a bunch and then we were up till like 5 a.m. That was just because we were like partying and stuff. But I could feel the withdrawal kicking in like right around like 4 or 5 a.m. And I started fucking panicking again. Okay. Um, so the, the interesting thing about your story is, okay, so you got off the medication and then you started two weeks later, you started taking it again. But it was like those first two times you took it. The first one, we only took one, didn't really do much. And then you took two one night. And that, instead of calming you down, it seemed to have a paradoxical effect. Like it almost sent, it almost flared up those withdrawal symptoms, right? Like well, no, it, it, 
It was only till the next day that the, the withdrawal symptoms started the next day. So I took I took those two the night before, and that birthday. was fine. You, the, you, you took the two, you were able to sleep. It was good. And then the next day, it like really hit. Like once the drug wore off, like that chemical yeah. panic attack, like just like yeah. noon, like just yeah. everyone, you look like you're going insane. Like it was just so embarrassing. Um, and so like uh, one of my friends went home. Um, and so I'm like scouring the internet um, and I find like CBTI and they're like, this has like a 93% chance of working. So I'm just like holding my breath that like, this is going to solve. I still am kind of like uncertain whether it's ambient or not. You know, I'm like, maybe like, I'm just anxious. Maybe it's just like insomnia. I don't know. I, 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 I'm like kind of focused on the insomnia at this point. Cause it's like really kind of scaring me to sleep like two hours and like not even be able. And to just, just, just before we go into this, uh, did you did you have any medical conditions or anything like that? Any other things happening in the background apart from the insomnia? We taken any other medications? It was like Ambien, like the only thing that was, that was going on. Yeah, yeah. Fucking fantastic before that. Like, okay. just, yeah, everything was great. Um, yeah, so so then I, I get a hold of the uh, the CBTI coach. And she's just very like nonchalant about it. Like, Oh, it works for everyone. And blah, blah, blah. You can just, you can taper off them. You can do whatever you want. You can quit them cold Turkey, whatever you want to do. So I do like a, I think like a rapid, like seven day taper or something like not super organized, just like breaking off little pieces. And the whole thing is like, just complete hell. Like it's not even doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then after that, I feel like, I actually have like a diary of the sleep at that time. And it was like, kind of, um, it seemed like it was getting better. Like week by week, I still felt completely insane. Like I can't describe it. It's just like, like you feel like you're like losing your mind. Um, and just like not sleeping and just like, uh, it's so hard to explain. I'm sure if anyone's watching this, that's been through, I, I envy those that don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it slowly gets better. And then, I don't know if, 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 if alcohol did this or not, but, um, somewhere after like six weeks, my sleep, it's like, it like shifted again. And what started happening after that was I could go to sleep fine, but I would always wake up super early with like anxiety and like, um, yep. kind of like, uh, shuffling around, um, and like, just this crazy like anxiety and like kind of like in a daze all day, just kind of like apathetic and like depressed and like not well rested. I hear hear that a lot that, that people wake up first thing in the morning and it's just like, it's like their nervous system is so wired and the, and the people that have it the worst, like on top of that, like full on, like I'm awake and it's like a panic attack kind of thing. That's when they have like the worst kind of neuropathy as well. They complain about like tingling and sensations and the heart's just like racing. And then it kind of mellows out during the day. It's it's interesting that it's that's what's happening like first thing in the morning. Yeah. They're always the worst. No one really knows why, but it's just always been like that for me. Like I, I've always felt mm-hmm. the bad um and like throughout this whole thing. Even even when my symptoms have changed, it's always just been better. And I I wish we mm-hmm. knew like but um, yeah, 
the the mysteries, the unsolved mysteries of of benzo protracted withdrawal. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I like after that six weeks, it shifted into that right. That waking up early, this weird depression, like it was, and the depression like seemed to be getting worse, and that anxiety, like the weird things, would send me into like panic that just didn't before, like just like thinking like my partner is going to leave me, or just like. Mm-hmm. Like just like panic attacks, like that just would never happen before. I went on like a carnival ride and I like had a full blown panic attack. Whoa. Okay. Like stuff that never bothered me was just like um just super sensitive and just mm-hmm. like not not really happy, you know, not really like just like over kind of over consumed with like negative emotions. And then like somewhere around like October, <laughs> I know this stuff sounds weird, but like I'm sure you've heard this with other people, um, which was month four. I've heard, I know other people like I've said mm-hmm. this, it, it got way worse. Um, like I remember specifically, I, I don't know if this triggered or not, but I ate like a pack of Oreos, like a bunch of them. And then this stuff started coming back where like, I would try to sleep for like two seconds and just jolt awake. Yeah. And then I was like waking up like every hour or every two hours throughout the night um like just completely like depersonalized like questioning mm-hmm. re- like i had this feeling throughout my body like um like what is like your biggest fear like what's something that would just freak you out if it was like on your wall right now like Gosh. a giant i don't like clowns i mean that that's 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 always been the thing you know if like a full on like like the clown from it or something like that walked through the door over there right now I would like have like a heart attack. Okay, so can you imagine like, that feeling that would like be coursing through your your blood, like mm-hmm. if you that you would feel like a just like a shock of like just complete fear and like negativity, like just it would just be Te- so terror. Cute. Yeah, yeah. I was feeling that. I was feeling something like that, like every five seconds, like just pulsating. Um. And was that, would you say at that four month mark, that was the worst you had ever felt, you know, up like, um, you know, even withdrawing in the beginning from, from the Xanax and then also withdrawing from the, um, um, when you, when you did the second discontinuation of the Ambien, was was that the worst you had ever felt? Or was that kind of like similar to different because it was like, when I was like in the first acute, I'd like, like shakes and stuff. I didn't have that. Like I could relatively pull myself together and like kind of like fake normalcy during the month four somehow um like during that acute it was like very visible like you could okay. barely see but it, it was it was different it was like i don't know i guess i knew during the acute like it was just so bad it was gonna like get a little better so it's just yeah. different like because that, seemed- that's that that's the thing about the protracted withdrawal it's like Right at the start, you don't know. You're just like, okay, it was really, really bad now, but things are kind of easing off. And I think it's when you hit that first um, wave, right? And that could yeah. be like four months later. And it's like, oh, I'm back to, you know, I'm back to like the beginning again. What the hell is this? This isn't just some linear withdrawal anymore. This, there's something seriously wrong happening with me. I mean, it's like a really, it's the, it's really scary when that first one hits. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's scary because it's like you're, completely alone like you're like is this what's happening to me and like 
you have to basically like not talk to people about it because the only solutions you're going to get are like psych ward or like medication and you already like yeah. those are so you have to like hide it the best you can because mm-hmm. being, being involuntarily like sanctioned and put back on stuff again you know um mm-hmm. yeah, during that time it was like just survival i was just like i can't let people know how bad i'm doing because like i'll end up in a psych ward taking like more benzos against my will or you know what i mean so some seroquel you know the seroquel seems yeah. to be a big one um and did you know you had protracted withdrawal like then like after that hit were you like i guess because you'd, you'd been in the communities a little bit after yeah yeah d- yeah I, I would say at that point i kind of knew i was like in for a long a long haul um okay and i scoured the end of benzo buddies at that point like i think i've read mm-hmm. like most um so I, I deleted my account in like October or I like shut it down for like two months. Um, and then that's when I ended up like going on. I don't know if I should mention this on here, but yeah, I probably shouldn't. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But I found other, other outlets that weren't, that were probably even less healthy um, during those mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just, just sheer torture. Just like, I felt like I was losing my mind. I like, I thought I was in hell, like t- every five seconds. I was like, there's no way this is like of this world. Like it's so, it's so bad that like, I couldn't have even imagined this like before I went through it. You know what I mean? Sure. And um, how, how long did that wife last? Or I guess, um, yeah. Yeah. So what happened after in like January, February and March, I started getting like, some windows here and there. Like I remember this one specific time I was watching um, the X game or what was it called? The winter Olympics. Um, mm-hmm. And like that guy, I, I, Yuma Hirano, he did like a the snowboarder, eight, right. Who was like just crushing it from Japan. Was that that yeah, guy? Yeah. 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 Saw that yeah. And like, I felt like something in my brain like woke up when I saw that. And I was like, yeah, out like a human for like a night mm-hmm. i was like excited about it and then like i had a dream about it um because before that i was just like a robot just like a brain damage like you know with the depersonalization and stuff yeah yeah um, this is a good time to kind of do that what were your symptoms like during that wave if you were going to kind of inventory the things that were kind of going on i mean sheer terror and dread depersonalization yeah, just- yeah. Yeah, chemical dread, like chemical terror, depersonalization. I felt out of my body. I like, I was pacing, like just. I just wanted to like just walk nonstop. Um, sorry, can you still hear me? Okay, good. Yeah. Um, pacing, like, just black depression, like. Anhedonia, like I couldn't even listen to music. Like it didn't do anything for me. Like, it. <sighs> I don't even, it's so hard to describe. I'm sure there's other symptoms I can think of. I didn't have any of the physical stuff, but um, I was just like pacing and just like, mm-hmm. just constantly thinking about dying, like just all the time, like just welcoming it, you know? Um, yeah. And then like um, around February, I kind of started feeling like certain things coming back. So that was like the 
eight month mark, nine month mark. I remember like, um, I mean, it, it wasn't consistent at all. It was like, it would come and then it would go and then it would come back and then it would get really bad. And then, mm-hmm. um, but I just remember like when the Ukraine war happened, I felt like, like I was like rooting for Ukraine. Like I kind of felt like a little, a little humanness in there. Um, and like, I think I was sleeping a little bit better. Like I would still wake up like, you know, frequently, but like, I generally got back to sleep relatively easy. And then, um, I feel like in March I turned like a really big corner. I still had other issues. It was like, it was like, um, I think of it like a Rubik's cube, you know, like when you're in this, it's like your whole set of symptoms can just like mix up and like change. Sure. And sometimes it was better. <laughs> and sometimes it's worse. Um, but this time it got better. And I actually went out to um, California to do like a sales job with one of my friends, which I was really nervous of. Cause I'm like, like, I don't want to be like being around people is very uncomfortable in this, like, especially like intimately, like in a hotel room, you know, because your thoughts mm-hmm. are just crazy. Um, but were you, think- were you working this whole time? We, um, I got fired. I was, I was working remote at a job that was like, uh, so in the beginning of it, the first like six months I was working remote, but it was like a nonprofit state job. So like you could, it was very lax, like very, very mm-hmm. lax. So I was able to kind of just, um, skate by, mm-hmm. um, I got fired from just cause I was like the whole time I was like trying to work, I would just be like, on, on benzo buddies and like other sites like just like f- trying to figure out like it's what's gonna happen you know um and just i was just completely like checked out of all that um <laughs> so yeah they eventually mm-hmm. fired um but after that that's when i went up to california and it's like con- independent contractor work so i was relatively free to like kind of make my own schedule and work how i wanted to um and like stuff was getting like a lot better at that point. Um, like I still woke up like once, but I almost always went back to sleep like quickly. Um, my, my biggest issue at that time was like, it was like from like 10 to like five every day, I would like just disassociate like outside of my body. It was weird. It was like, like clockwork. It was like at a certain time it would start and I would like, just feel like I was just like out of my body. And then it would like kind of end at like five. And then like, I had some good times during that time. So like surprisingly, like it happened like kind of quick that corner. Um, and then, yeah, so I was like doing fairly well out there. Um, and then, and then I came back and I kind of like was dealing with like, uh, just kind of like some like, medium like depression and like I still had the sleeping issues that were I could kind of manage them it was like a maybe like six six and a half hours a night and like maybe like one wake up um which I used to always sleep like seven and a half just straight through every night um Mm -hmm. but I was like relatively dealing with it I was like kind of starting to like envision a future I was also taking kratom I forgot to mention that during this whole time um, it's like a plant supplement 
It's like, did you find it was helpful? Not really. I mean, maybe just in my mind, it was like, mm-hmm. I, it, it's strong. I mean, it's, it's kind of addicting too. Um, mm-hmm. But oh yeah, so over that summer, this was like the year mark. Um, I wasn't in like a torturous place like I was before, but um, I wasn't like uh, like I was just kind of like I mean a lot of it could have had to do too with like the disruption of my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Like people are depressed when they're like you know in their early thirties and they they don't really have <laughs> career aspects or you know they they just missed like a whole year they just like struggle you know so like that could have been part of it but um i had like some depression i kind of like disassociated here and there um it's kind of like bummed like it's kind of like i don't feel as like enthusiastic as i used to i don't know just kind of like feel a little flatter maybe maybe i think i think it might have been like the too taking too much kratom because that that did get better when I quit that. But anyway, so what happened was um, mm-hmm. I was kind of at a place that was like tolerable. Um, mm-hmm. And then we went to Europe and then I came back and I had like this crazy internal abscess and they were like, I was freaking out because I was like bedridden for like three weeks and, and just in excruciating pain. So I was trying to avoid antibiotics because like I've heard the horror stories. Yeah. This was October. 2022 this was at six 16 months um and and like i quickly realized like i was gonna have to take antibiotics or like or i was gonna die um Mm -hmm. so i'm like in the hospital i I end up like going to the hospital and i'm like texting everyone like what should i take what should i not take like just everyone in like in the community and um the doctors like just they didn't care what i had to say anyways um they just are just throwing antibiotics at me like Sure. And and I didn't have any issues with it. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention too. I also quit taking kratom in like early September. So maybe I, maybe that's part of why I started feeling better. I don't know. But um, after okay. I got out in like October, like late October of uh, twenty twenty two, I felt like I felt like pretty decent. Like like I could have worked with that. You know, like my dad came to visit me and he was like, uh, like he said, I seemed like the happiest I'd ever, I'd ever been. I still had issues, but like, um, mm-hmm. my sleep wasn't back to normal, but like I could feel like joy kind of again. And like, I felt like I could probably work like, and you know, um, it was like, I could, it, it was pretty good. You know, I felt like enthusiasm again. Like when you're, when you're in this, like the DPDR and all that stuff, you just lose like your humanity, you know, it's like you're a robot. Like, all, you know, when you, when you look at art or when you like, um, mm-hmm. when you see a movie, like or when you connect with other people, like when you're in this, all that stuff is gone. Like your brain just doesn't get like any satisfaction. Like, it's just like that stuff is just shut off. Mm. So, because you're totally disassociated, like from your own emotions. Um, so, yeah. So, and this is when I, I made the dumb decision. So, I was feeling pretty arrogant, and like, I felt like kind of cocky because I got through the antibiotics without problems, and um, 
at the end of November of 2022, I started doing some, I, I, I did some street drugs and mm-hmm. they're like all cut with benzos now. And it was a high dose because like I blacked out on them. Um, so I wake up the next day and I'm like, Ooh, okay, maybe I dodged a bullet, right? Um, I'm like, I kind of feel normal. Like I'm okay. And then noon comes and I'm like, is this in my head or is, it, or is this really happening? Like, am I am I going to go back into withdrawal? And then, like, 7 p.m. PM comes and I'm, like, fucking pacing again. And, like, oh, freaking. No. And, like, <laughs> and then I was like, this is it. This is the moment. This is what I said. If this ever happened again, I was going to end it. I was like, I was like, you did it. Like, this is it. Because um, that was, that was, like, kind of, like, a way to control it. You know, I was like, if this comes back, I'm not out. Like, I don't deserve to deal with this again. Like, no human should have to deal with this again. And no one should be able to tell me that I have to because no one's ever been through this before, you know? Um, so, yeah, Akathisia's back. Waking up again every night, like, 1 a.m., just panicking, like, for hours. Fucked up, broken sleep. I think that, that night I slept zero hours. Just was just up all night went and walked my dog for like 20 fucking miles um and then like i was just getting like getting like some windows here and there but like i went to my mom's house because they thought they're like oh you relapsed on drugs so they thought that was the problem i was like listen we have way bigger problems than like Mm -hmm. addiction i have i've had previous addiction like seven plus years ago and they still think that's like the worst thing that could happen to me and it's like very clearly not Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah so i go back there and i i explain to them i'm like listen if this does not get better like i want euthanasia like it's it's an option in switzerland and i tried to tell them how bad it was i was just like you know i was just like they they got to a point where like they were on board with it you know Um, wow oh my god i can't imagine having that conversation i mean that that was um, I mean, the level of suffering, right? And, and it's, it's just mainly the akathisia, just like pacing nonstop, can't move, can't sleep. Akathisia, like, complete, just, it's such a horrible feeling. God, ugh. like, you're just always like, it's like, if you had like someone, if you had like zombies outside of your house, like 24 seven, and like a serial killer like in the kitchen and you were like in the other room and you just have to like you're just waiting for them to attack that's kind of how it feels just just sheer like just like just chemical like just jolting through your body just like like you're just being attacked but it's like beyond beyond that like because i've been in very scary situations and this was worse than that like this is like beyond what a brain can do like without chemicals. Like I don't think a brain can do that to you without How long like, did this last this period? Yeah, so that was November and then it was really bad like that for a month. Um and then basically what I've been dealing with since then is just just like just crushing depression. Just like every morning I wake up it's like I mean, I, I'm I'm glad that I don't have akathisia kind of stuff anymore. But just, just 
I still have some sleeping problems, like I always have, but, um, god damn, like, it's just, like, so bad depression, like, just, like, just complete chemical, like, depletion, you know, and sometimes it gets better at night, like, always, you know, it's been about, so I've been, I've been kind of at that level for, like, two months now, um, just dealing with, like, that really bad depression, um, and when you say depression, um, I mean, depression can mean a lot of things. Um, like, it, you know, is it, I mean, is it just that, like, feeling very apathetic, feeling very fatigued, lacking motivation, you know, is it, or is it, is there a different kind of flavor to the, the depression that you're going through? Mm, I would say it's, it's apathetic. It's just like crushing sadness. I can't really explain it. It's like, like, you can just feel your chemicals aren't like doing what they're supposed to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Like my old self was like just always excited and like, you know, very like, um, let's go do this. Let's go here. I just wake up and I'm just like, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> like, just total like sad, hollow, just like chemical. And then like just reflecting on the past two years, it's like, how, like how many different ways am I going to get fucking yanked around like this? You know, and it's like, I don't even know like where I'm going to end up, you know, it's like just the PTSD of it all. is just, <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. even when I, was, I had to like, just avoid before that stupid setback. Um, but I could just, I just had to avoid like any conversations about Benzos or it would just send me cause it would just take me back, you know? And there's a lot of scary stories about setbacks. I mean, given mm -hmm. mine was obviously fucking stupid and I did it to myself, but there's people who like, it very innocently takes something, you know, and it throws them back into it. Um, but yeah, I don't know how to describe this depression. Cause when you, when I say depression, right? Like when you hear these things, like, and from people in contracted, yeah. you hear like yeah. anxiety, insomnia, depression, you see, you think you relate them to like what you felt. And like, I can't compare any of this to like what I felt before Benzo. It's so severe and so weird. And so like, it's just like so otherworldly that like like these words aren't even like good like they're not even the correct words you know like sure so what what kept you going i mean what what kept you from like booking a ticket to switzerland or you know taking things into your own hands um uh, earlier on um i mean i was probably just too afraid of dying <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I mean, like, well, I mean, obviously, I think anyone who is in this is is holding on that, like, you know, they'll get back to something relatively good, and I did, but I fucked it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's what most people hold on to. But also, like, the DPDR makes death seem like extremely scary because it's like you don't even know what universe you're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so I guess I mean so so that's your story. Here we are. So how many months out are we now? I am twenty from the beginning or from the setback. From from the beginning, uh, I think it's it's about twenty months. I think about mm -hmm. yeah, about twenty months. Okay, and. Um, do you feel like your um I guess do you feel like your partner gets it? Do you feel like your parents get it and no. they're able to just kinda of, no. Okay. No. No. Yeah. Zero yeah. percent. 
Okay. Um, I mean, if you talk to most people in this, I mean, some people have empathetic partners, but they still don't get it. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, what's wrong? Like, why are you having a bad day? It's like every fucking day is a bad day. And I'm thinking every, yeah. the worst going on that's, is, is this, you know, like, um, I mean, they kind of get it. I show, when I show them like some videos with, uh, like the doctors and stuff, they're kind of more like, um, keen of, of to listen to mm-hmm. what's going on. But, um, when I'm just like complaining, like on a day to day basis, it's just kind of like if, if I were to be like, if, if, if the way like you feel in this were to like manifest like in a physical sense, like if some, if there would be like an equivalent, it would be like your leg like mashed into meat, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, or like screaming, everyone would be like, like rallying around you and like trying to help. But like, since it's, you can't see it, like you're just there, like, just dying like you know it's yeah. like just invisible like torture so yeah, that's like the hardest thing about it because people are like and then also i think the waves in the windows can be really confusing one you can't see how bad it is and then someone might have a good day or a good week or a good month or something like that or they're back to normal but then the wave comes again and it's like where did that person go again you know is this just them you know being depressed or maybe being, I mean, God, even lazy or just withdrawn or something. It can be like a real um, confusion for the people around you if they don't know about like the clinical course and how it kind of ebbs and flows. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, yeah. Like that's, that's the hard, the hardest part about this too, is that like we have no guidance and like stuff that applies to other things doesn't really apply to this. So like taking benzos once threw me into that. Like there's no other drug where like you would just take it once and you would be in torture for like a month. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm explaining to like my family. I'm just like, listen, like I just took, they're like, it can't do that from like taking it once. I'm like, yes, it can. Like the receptors are, are messed up. They're super sensitive, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I was reading a case report about someone who developed, um, I guess a, a brain injury from Lexapro. He was on it for a really long period of time and then he came off and kind of somewhat recovered. And then a little bit later, he, I think he was on it for like a week or a couple of weeks and just the re-exposure to it, even though he tolerated it for decades in his life, um, after that withdrawal, um, something had changed in his ability to do it. And not only did he not tolerate him, it, he ended up with some permanent neurotoxicity, you know, which he's suffered from for years. It's, and it wasn't after it being on the drug for a long time. Um, and, you know, I hear in the benzo community, I hear a lot of those stories, like the the kindling, yeah, stories about how it gets worse. And, I mean, that whole thing. I mean, from my recollection, and I might have to go and read this. The whole idea of kindling comes from alcohol withdrawal. Where the more you know, the more frequently someone has acute withdrawals from alcohol, the greater the risk that they'll have a, an actual alcohol withdrawal seizure eventually. And it's that idea that you kind of, you know, it's this accumulative injury that eventually, um, yeah, when the next time you withdraw, you know, you go on a status epilepticus, and you know, you have to get, um, you know, um, you know, out of van and all those types of things to bring you down. I think that's really interesting, the whole concept of kindling and how 
you know, your brain actually changes by going through these withdrawals and being exposed to these drugs. And, you know, people who tolerated them before in the past, they don't later on. It's That's also kind of a, cur- a scientific curiosity um, for me. That's really strange too because, um, like, no other drugs do that, right? Like, when you go, like, whenever, when you go off and on, like, street drugs, it's, like, it's the same thing pretty much every time. That, another thing that adds confusion, confusion to like when you're trying to explain this to people, you know, it's like, what do you mean you've taken these for 10 years? You've gone off and on them for 10 years. Why, why would it affect you now? You know what I mean? But yeah. it's almost like you turn like you break something like breaks or like, yeah. like you turn some corner and um, we don't know why or when that happens, you know, but it just seems like for some reason, like there's just some point where you crossed mm-hmm. and then. And then you have this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. All, I mean, all of that stuff is really interesting. I, I know when we talked on the phone before we set this up, you know, we were talking about how, you know, we don't think a lot of people have these problems on Ambien because it's not like a 24 hour thing. It's not like you take clonopin, you know, twice a day and you've got this 24 hour kind of benzo sort of acting on your system and causing problems and, Maybe that's the case, you know, that Ambien has like a five-hour half-life and, you know, it's just, you know, maybe it's in your system for 12 hours. For 12 hours, it's completely gone. But um, I also worked with someone who was just um, just taking Xanax at night. You know, he just took milligrams of Xanax at night and um, slowly over the course of the year kind of increased his use on it and then ended up with full-on protracted withdrawal. And so I was... Uh, Eventually, I was thinking also, you know, it may not actually be like just kind of exposure in the body. It may be something about the serum peaks. So like Xanax, like it, I mean, if you've taken it, like it hits like, and it hits in like, you know, 30 minutes or something like that. So you have this big serum concentration, which kind of spikes, and then it goes down really quickly as it leaves your body. So there may be something about this spike up here, you know, this section that is really, um, causing you know like this this that you know causing the changes in the brain because you're just like flooded with this GABA surge and that it, you you may just need that kind of exposure bam you know at night bam at night repeatedly to to change the um the biology in there enough that you know when you come off it it, it cannot compensate anymore you know things you know, it, it's changed it's it's i'm always yeah surprised uh, about you know these different stories and yeah I talked to a guy that took it for, I think, seven or nine days, and he's protracted over a year out. Yeah. yeah. One, one pill a day for seven days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's yeah. just... <laughs> well, um, gosh, and any... Well, I think this is really helpful. I think, you know, all stories are different. I mean... You know, here you are 20, 20 months out and it's kind of your situation. You've got this depression at the moment. I had a couple other people on the channel and their stories are kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're different, some worse. Um, but, I mean, they're all the same flavor of bad, really, and, you know, just chaos. Um, but anything else that you'd like to kind of share, which you think you'd want, you know, Imagine you kind of at the start when you were like furiously reading through Benzo Buddies and you're like lost and you go, I don't know what to do. This is happening to me. What would you want to tell that person um, then, uh, you know, kind of right right at the start? 
even someone that's like already in in withdrawal and like headed to protracted or like, yeah 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 so i mean obviously like the person yeah yeah so so that person because the message to anyone else would be like don't take this long term yeah. this thing is like a mess but yeah. like you right when you were like learning about all of this um and and you're in uh, the protracted withdrawal yeah um well i mean i think i think um I think I would tell people like, like listen to the Ashton manual for sure. Um, even, even though, or, or like be, be more safe than sorry. Like I probably could have done like some kind of taper, you know, and been better off. But I think people tend to read these things and get kind of overconfident and just think that they, they're not going to end up like others. Um, but I mean, if you're in protracted withdrawal, like, like it can get better. Like, even though I'm not doing great now, like I did get better, you know, and don't, don't do street drugs either. Those are not good. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah. I, you know, I, I, I had a guy on, on the other day who did like a 14 hour, like Ibogaine trip down in like Mexico, like incredibly intense. And he, and he, and he was saying it totally changed his ability to cope with his symptoms afterwards. It's, it's yeah. just this, this crazy variety and then I also have some people who drink, you know, it helps, you know, I have a couple of drinks at night, it helps me get through it. There's no negative side effects. And then I have some people who drink one drink and it's just like chaos, you know, they've just triggered a set, they, tr- they trigger a wave. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's like, so just, just be better safe than sorry. Like I was, yeah. I did dumb stuff the whole time. Like I drank at six weeks and I kind of think that's what, um, maybe that's what, what, like what made it worse at that point. I don't know. Like just, just um like just be safe you know like um i i i was very like i'm not gonna listen to these crazy people on the internet but like i mean like uh if you get your life back you know it's like is alcohol and all that stuff really worth it you know but i mean like yeah. i said it could it works for people then like do it you know i took kratom that maybe helped a little bit um but yeah, I mean, I just hope I can get back to like where I was before the setback, you know, because I was doing pretty good. Like, you know, I was kind of living like a normal person. Yeah. So, uh, and you will, because that, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's, that's the course of it. So I'm pretty confident that um, if you give it enough time, you, you will exit this wave. And, and uh, I mean, I'm just basing that on, on my clinical experience, you know, in the, 40 or probably now close to 50 people who I've been working with over the last three years kind of doing this. It's, it's this ebb and flow. So, um, if you just, yeah, I've heard, yeah. I don't want to see people because like, um, like I'm not doing well. I like, I would always hear stories of like, Oh, I'm like, I'm at 20 months and I'm doing terrible. It's like, no, I got better, but like, I'm just a fucking retard. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. I am beyond. Yeah moronic because like you forget the pain you know like when people when people have babies right they i mean thank god you forget the pain but when people have babies right like it's so painful but they say that if like if you remember that pain you would never do it again if, if i could like push a button and be back to like that like three to six month mark um if, if i were to be able to do that like before I like risked it with stupid drugs. Like there's no way I would have touched it. 
Yeah. Because like when it came back, like I was on my knees, like begging for mercy. Like, <laughs> like sure. you know. So I yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um no, I was gonna say the I guess the the street drug upper or a downer that you that you took? It was opiates. They just they're all Opiate, yeah. Yeah. It's just and and who knows what's in that. Okay. Uh, like I, yeah, they, they cut it with benzos all the time now. It's um yeah, it's crazy. But I yeah. um I felt like I was like because I got away with the antibiotics, I felt like that like healed some of the PTSD. So I was like, what if I just do something else? Will it make me less afraid of benzos? Like, because after the antibiotics, I was like, wait, like, I'm not afraid of like antibiotics anymore. You know what I mean? I felt like a little relief because I was like, I knew I was going to have to take them at some point. So I think in my mind, I was like, if I do street drugs and I'm like, I'm like really back to normal, right? Like then, then I really made it. Um, I mean, I already wrote off drinking completely, but I was like, maybe like, maybe I can really like, really really show show them that i made it <laughs> you know sure uh, and i think we just have to accept that we're like we're not gonna like go sen- sens- yeah. sensitive nervous system and that's just it you know yeah and i, I mean the general advice is i mean if it's really important i guess for my patients and for people to try things it's you know, you don't, I wouldn't say jump in at the deep end. It's like, you know, if you really want to kind of bring something back in, it's just like tiny, tiny little bits, like right at the start. Cause you don't know if you're going to like have a terrible time. And, and, and especially for my patients that have a lot of the pain problems, whenever we bring in like Lyrica or Gabapentin or these other things, it's at like the smallest doses and we bring it up super, super gradually. Cause yeah, that, that does happen. You know, it's, it's just this unpredictable nervous system. And sometimes they just, do not respond well to things. Um, yeah. 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 It, yeah sorry. I, I don't want to drag this on too much. I just had like, uh, just like, yeah. like, be like, what, yeah, how do you, like, what is like the, um, how is it hard to deal with people like us? I mean, we are like nightmare fuels. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we are like, you know, we get pretty bad. Like, is it, how do you like, you know what I mean? And there's not a whole lot of like help for us. Like, how do you, how do you go about like diagnosing and like, what do you, what do you tell your patients? You know, I'm very like grateful that you're, you know, you're in the trenches yeah. with, but sometimes well, I want, I mean, it's not easy always. And I get a lot of phone calls of people uh, in waves when they're just, it's just chaos. You know, what do I do? Where do I go? You know, all of these things. So, I mean, the, the main thing I find helpful is it, it, it's it's really reassurance and kind of talking through options. It's like, okay, you know, this is bad. You know, you've been here before. You can survive this. You know, if you get really suicidal, then maybe you need to go to the hospital. But if you think that you're okay without going there, that's probably better. Um, and and then and and then sometimes pe- people need medication. You know, I I, I I mentioned this a lot. I have a patient who who is, has such severe akathisia. He he's essentially wasting away because he can't eat. And, you know, this is someone who's on pain medication now and is doing a little bit better on that. Um, and I also think working with working with coaches is really important. I mean, I, 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 I recommend a lot of people to work with a coach saying Jen is great, Chris Page is great. You know, there's a lot of people out there that can help foster the mindset that you need to kind of accept the fact that 
you're walking through a very dark and painful place for several years and you know what are the helpful thoughts to have and, and you know, what are the non so not so helpful ones so uh it it's not easy and i, I will also say you know in, in i get lucky because a lot of the patients that that come to me um they've been in really bad places and it's almost just like coming to the practice and seeing someone like myself or my wife who have a lot of experience do this. There's a lot of reassurance because a lot of the questions, you know, people don't have these questions that just kind of fester in their mind. Should I do this? Can I try this? You know, they just come to us and we can figure it out. They don't, they don't have to worry about, you know, are you going to, you know, try and rapid withdrawal me or just like give up and just say, Oh, I think we should just like taper you in a month. So um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, uh, a lot of the times I'm this big kind of container for, um, you know, all of the catastrophic, you know, thinking and they just need, it's okay. You can do this. You've gone through this before. This tends to get better. If it's not getting better, there's things that we can try. But for now, I think we should hang in here and just, just try and march through. We talk with family members a lot, trying to build them up to, to support, um, um, I guess the person going through it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's not easy and I get a lot of, really long panicked calls uh, pretty pretty frequently as, as i'm sure you can imagine yeah i have yeah. I've had my of those yeah yeah like every every coaching session that i ever had was just like an hour long panic attack yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, for your work i really i really yeah. appreciate it you know, i really it really means a lot to people like us because we're just these unheard voices you know like doing it alone um, and, you know, hopefully like people like you will like bring it to light, you know, and I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, build interested in, we've got some good groups out there, you know, the, the Alliance, they're really great. They're, they're building up, you know, physician education. Jen is Dr. Jen is making a whole like physician and prescriber course on treating and recognizing, uh, protracted withdrawal, you know, bind. Um, so it's the beginning, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. Yeah, we'll 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 see. But um, there's there's a lot of folks like you out there. Um, so yeah, but yeah, wish, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we should wrap now. But uh, I just want to say thanks again uh, for coming on, sharing your story. It it's different than reading about it, you know, over several blog posts on Benzo Buddies, which is where most of it is. I think it's helpful to see a real person, kind of. Uh, you know, go through these things and, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. So uh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Stay in touch. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Have a good night. Okay. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to see the full video interview, we also post these to YouTube. Just go to Wit During Psychiatry on YouTube to find those. You'll also find several YouTube exclusive videos from Drs. Yosef and Marissa posted several times a week. Finally, if you need help with your drug taper, getting a second opinion, or managing your post-acute withdrawal, come visit us at witduringpsychiatry.com. Our sole focus is on helping patients regain control of their lives and achieve optimal mental health on as little medications as possible.